Hello, sex fans. Welcome back. Today is Monday, July 14th. 2014, and you are lucky enough to be listening to the podcast edition of Dr. Dick's Sex Advice with an Edge. And I'm your host, that savagely scintillating sexologist, Dr. Dick. The brilliant author and editor, Sachi Green, is back with us today for part two of her turn on this, The Erotic Mind Show. Sachi and I had such a good time together last week, and since I had so much more to discuss with her, I invited her to come back today. And she agreed, so yay for that. I'm pretty certain that she'll read again for us this week, because I plan to beg and beg. But wait, you didn't miss part one of our chat, did you? Well, not to worry if you did, because you can find it and all of my podcasts in the podcast archive on my site, drdicksexadvice.com. All you got to do is use the search function in the header, type in podcast number 424, and presto. But don't forget to use the pound sign when you do your search. And be sure to visit Sachi on her wonderful site, cleverly named sachi-green.blogspot.com. And look for her live journal site, and she's on Facebook too. I'll have all of these links in today's podcast posting on my site, drdicksexadvice.com. Today's program is once again brought to you by Dr. Dick's How-To Video Library. You know, even though I get tons of email from folks looking for my advice, I can only respond to a limited number of inquiries at any given time. But that doesn't mean that I don't care about everyone who writes in. I do. That's why I've set up the How-To Video Library. You'll find a link to this great resource right there on the front page of drdicksexadvice.com. Look for the Video Library tab in the header. The Video Library is the go-to place for all of you who have sexual performance questions. You'll be able to watch all kinds of deliciously entertaining, delightfully enriching, and oh-so-wonderful videos right from the comfort of your own home. And remember, a portion of the money you spend at Dr. Dick's How-To Video Library, educating, enriching, and entertaining yourself, comes back to us as support for these marvelous shows. So, knock yourself out. (laughs) Okay, on with the show. Sachi Green, thank you for coming back to Dr. Dick sexadvice.com and this erotic mind show. Uh, I'm so glad that you have more time to spend with us uh, today. I was just getting to the nub of you last week and we had to call time out. Um, So let's pick up where we left off uh, last week. Before we get to discussing erotic art in general and your work more in particular, uh, let's talk about you. Is Sachi Green your real name or nom de plume? And if it it is, is, why? (laughs) Okay, hello story there. It is a nom de plume. I also write under my real name, which is Connie Wilkins. Usually when I'm writing uh, the occasional uh, straight piece of erotica or or, uh, speculative fiction. And I started out in uh, science fiction and fantasy, and just before I saw my first call for submissions for Best Lesbian Erotica, I had published stories in two uh, science fiction fantasy books for kids, and they paid more than the other things I'd done. I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to go with more, so I better, if I'm going to dabble in erotica, I should have another name, right. which I did, but of course then the erotic side of the forest totally seduced me, and I haven't written any kid stuff since. Oh, how interesting. 
and my nom de plume gets you know gets gets a lot more mileage than my real name. So how um, how did you come to choose Sachi Green? Oddly enough, uh, both both parts of that name were p- names of characters in uh, other stories I'd written. Oh, interesting. Uh, in fact, the green one was never published. It was early, <laughs> early, early stories. <laughs> but then, of course, I had to go back and change the name in the stories when I started to use it in, in, in the, the Sachi in, in the story that it was in. But anyway. Can you give us a, a brief bio? Last week, uh, we learned that you are a Massachusetts native. Spent yeah. some time in um, California. Yep. What could be more perfect? <laughs> okay, I have a nice brief one here All for right. you. Okay, uh, I'm a writer and editor of erotic and other genres. Well, third person, they always do these. Her stories have appeared in scores of publications, and she's also edited nine lesbian erotica anthologies, including Lambda Award winners Lesbian Cowboys and Wild Girls Wild Nights, both from Cleus Press. A collection of her own work, A Ride to Remember, has been published by Lethe Press. Sachi lives in western Massachusetts and gets away to the mountains of New Hampshire as often as she can. Eighty words, that's a good length. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, how did you get your start as a writer, and um, when did the erotic stuff begin to show up? Well, as I, as I mentioned, um, I started, a, I, I always thought I was going to write science fiction and fantasy, and then suddenly I turned 50 and I'd raised a family and I hadn't done the writing yet, so wow. I got going. And I published uh, a reasonable, not a very impressive amount of, of short science fiction, fantasy fiction, but enough to qualify to be an active member of CIFWA, the Science Fiction Writers of America. And uh, I thought that's what I was going to continue doing. And then, as I said, I, I saw, uh, I, I dabbled. Some of my stories then had, were, had erotic themes in them, too. That was always something of interest to me. Even in college, a friend and I decided we would try to make money by writing for the men's mags. And we went to uh, uh, a, a grubby uh, tobacco store to look for sample magazines. <laughs> <laughs> I got comments from the people in there. We wondered what was happened. It was a women's college we were going uh-huh. to. <laughs> a well-known one. And, uh, so, so sometimes we wonder what goes on with the girls over there. Anyway, <laughs> anyway it, it's always it. been an interest. Ah. So when I saw a call for submissions for the best lesbian erotica, I thought, wow, I can, I can do that. And I could. <laughs> it turned out, which, somewhat to my surprise. And, wow. you know, I haven't really looked back much. Wow. Do... Um, most people in your life know about your erotic work? Uh, most do. Most family members, my 94-year-old dad only knows that I write erotica, but uh, he, he didn't understand the science fiction either, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, most people do, although, you know, if I go to a high school reunion or something, it just, uh, we don't go there. Uh, ha- has, has anyone ever come up to you and asked you if you are uh, um, their favorite writer and or um, well, I I have been in positions where people have told me that when I'm doing readings and so forth. Uh-huh. But uh, but nobody not, picked you out of the crowd at the Safeway and said, uh, oh, "Aren't no. you?" You know, I, once once or twice <laughs> I think people have seen me at readings locally. Oh, uh, interesting. Have actually said oh, something, but I enjoyed it. That's right. true. Right. Good. 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 Um, so, as you know, uh, my primary reason for doing this series of interviews is to uncover something of the creative process. Are you living the life of a full-time sexual athlete? And if, <laughs> <laughs> and if not, what sparks the images that become your erotica? 
Well, I've lived a very long life at this point, so I've kind of <laughs> spread it out. You know, I've uh-huh. spread out the athletics part, and it gets a little harder as, as the joints start to complain. Um, but what sparks the images? You know, it's hard to tell. I'm not sure I can explain that any more than I know what sparks the uh, images for science fiction and fantasy. Hmm. You know, I've read a great deal. I've lived a lot. I've been a lot of places, and it's amazing what's in there. Uh. So... But, uh, a theme, you know, if, uh, another editor with a theme for a thing, with, you know, if, if, if it's something that, that uh, sparks my imagination. Uh, like, um, Christina writes uh, Duty and Desire, a military one. I ended up writing two two stories, one in each of my names for that, because I had, you know, two great ideas, very different. So, um, I have a feeling that uh, you would be equally at home on one of my other podcast series called Sex Education because this is a series that we look at the world of fetish sex and kink and alternative lifestyles and I chat with prominent educators, practitioners and advocates of unconventional sexual expressions and lifestyles from all over the world in that series. Um, I'm assuming um, that your most recent connect, uh, collection, Women with Handcuffs, is kind of pervy, um, is it not? Well, that's a legitimate assumption, but there's really a lot more to it than that. Uh-huh. Um, I have several stories about that, but I want to read the introduction to it oh, first. Oh, good. Thank you. kind of give you an idea of where I'm going. It says, what is it about lesbian cops that pushes all the right buttons and some of the deliciously transgressive wrong ones? It's not just the uniform with handcuffs and weapons or the confidence, authority, and sense of danger. The intrinsic appeal of women taking on roles that have traditionally been seen as hyper-masculine is part of it, of course. To hold their own, they need to be hyper-strong in body, mind, and strength of will. That's intensely sexy for me, at least, and if you've read this far, I suspect it is for you, too. (laughs) But there's something more as well, an irresistible force that these writers have channeled into fiercely erotic stories of policewomen in or out of uniform, on patrol or undercover, in charge or in need of healing, or on the case or under the sheets. The action can be gut-level tough, as in Jove Bell's Hollis, where anti-terrorism boot camp surges over the agent of BDSM. Or heart-wrenching, as in Evan Moore's A Cop's Wife, when death threats give a keen edge to the need for life-affirming sex. Or quirky as well as steamy, when Teresa Noel Roberts' cop finds a way to maintain respect for her own dress uniform, while indulging her, indulging, indulging her anime girl's lover, girl lover's cosplay kick. The settings vary as well, affecting the mood and feel of each piece. Delilah Devlin's cops play their only game in town in a southern city that's small without being entirely small-minded. Kenzie Matthews' Alaskan village is a natural place for the mythic Raven Brings the Light. J.L. Merrow heats up a British town during one blazing June, and Cheyenne Blue goes down under to an Australian rainforest for How Does Your Garden Grow? <laughs> J.N. Gallagher's Officer Birch inspires undying passion in a Midwestern high school. Terry Mixon's Witness Protection Marshal finds and gives a healing hand. Andrea Dale's charity and splendor merge in a nice family neighborhood, and Elizabeth Coldwell's handcuffed stripper in Torn Off a Strip meets her match on a suburban porch. Uh, urban scenes range from R.G. Emanuel's sweet and spicy cop at my door, and Illy Goyanis, undercover hooker who's in way over her head in Miami, to R.V. Raymond's gritty and lyrical Chapel Street Blue, and Annabeth Leong's searing, stirring, and ultimately redeeming a prayer before, bread, before bed. The characters, of course, are the real heart and strength of any story. I'm not easily impressed, but these writers did the trick. They walked the fine line between fantasy and believability without ever slipping into caricature and gave us fully rounded people, explicit, uncompromising eroticism, 
and their own sizzling visions of the complexity, depth, the strength and vulnerability, and above all, the commanding, overwhelming sex appeal of lesbian cops. They definitely made me resolve to support my local policewoman. <laughs> so, uh, I would, th this is an anthology that Cleus asked me to do. It wasn't ah. an idea of my own. And they, they asked me, it turned out, because the, uh, the wife of the uh, then-publisher thought it would be a good idea. And they thought I could do it. So I thought, well, I think I can do it, but um, it's going to be more to it than, than you know, might be expected. Uh, and there was. I got, I got these wonderful stories. There, there was edgy stuff. There was BDSM, but they were, they were all real people, uh -huh. or bigger than life, maybe. But uh, I'm very proud of that book. And uh, yeah, uh, the, the other interesting story right now, though, that this happened several years ago. Uh, Women with handcuffs is a makeover of the original book, Lesbian Cops which was a Lambda Award finalist. Got great reviews, oh, didn't sell it all well. Oh, bummer. Plenty of people search online for sexy lesbian cop stories. I know this because at least two-thirds of the search phrases that lead to my blog are looking for exactly that. <laughs> but apparently very few of those buy books. So uh, the publisher got so many... Uh, the publisher managed to uh, talk their, their uh, distributors into uh, selling it to stores, and stores bought it, and then they returned it because people weren't buying it. Hmm. Which... Uh, was really too bad. Uh, the expectations were not necessarily, uh, as I said, some people want something that aren't, aren't about to buy books. Right. But I, we really needed to give give the writers more exposure. So um, it's being reissued as Women with Handcuffs, and anybody who who has bought both of them is welcome to get in touch with me or the or the uh, publisher, and we will uh, we will compensate them. But there haven't been very many of those. Right, 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 right. And um, I'm tremendously grateful to the folks who did buy lesbian cops. So any of them hoping for new stories should contact me, sachigreen at gmail.com or the publisher, Cleus Press, as I said. Hmm. There was a brief period before the Look Inside the Book feature kicked on on Amazon, so I think a few people bought it without being able to read the table of contents right. and knowing it was the same. Right, right, right. It's a terrific book and it deserves to be read, and I hope it is, but uh, if you've already read Lesbian Cops, you've already read women with handcuffs. <laughs> and some people are reviewing it now who didn't then and say, oh, is there going to be a sequel? And I'm thinking, I wish. I wish, but probably not. We got, we got a starred review in Publishers Weekly this time, oh. which was wonderful. Wow. I was going to ask, um, I know that um, lesbian, or what passes for lesbian um, behavior in porn is one of the hottest things for uh, ostensibly straight men. Uh, I, I I understand. Uh, I know some. I know Tristan Tarpino who makes real lesbian right. <laughs> porn. You know, other other kinds of porn. That right. the stuff that's being made for men is 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 pretty awful. It and is not, and not representative. No, but do you think uh, um, would um, an ostensibly straight guy um, turn his attention to real lesbian porn? I mean, real yeah. lesbian erotica. Do you think? Oh yeah. Oh really? Uh, that that is that that is or was for quite a while a big market for it. I'm oh, not wow. sure about what they're getting so much free online now. They right. they don't m so much, but right. uh, oh that's yeah. Good to know. That's mm -hmm. that's really good to know <laughs> because as you say, the stuff in porn is just for the most part is just ghastly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, really ghastly. There is some good stuff out there that is made by by women at least. You know. Uh huh. Right. 
I, 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 I'm not familiar with it personally, but I, I know people who are involved in it. Um, the fetish and BDSM subgenre of erotica is becoming increasingly more popular. Um, do you have an idea what accounts for this? Well, it, it's been around for a long time. Uh -huh. But uh, it is becoming more popular recently, and more 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 people are feeling that they can read it since that Fifty Shades thing. Oh right, oh yes. you know yes. because the others are reading it, and that started out as right. fan fiction of uh, of the uh, of the vampire series. Right, 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 so she right. had to build she had to build an audience. But in any case, uh, I think the appeal is just I, I kind of equate it to. Uh, looking for you know fads in food or you know, looking for new more exotic recipes, we have a tendency to take the things that give us pleasure and then you know want to have more variety, right. more uh, you know new things and most of all always looking for more intensity hmm. and that that's human nature and that's fine. Hmm. Uh, as far as in the writing, you know, it, it, I'm glad people are willing to, to read that. And some people are only willing to read that now, which is a little bit too bad, but uh, I understand. Yeah. I, I was a member, well, I still pay dues, but I don't go to Boston meetings and play parties anymore, but I was a member for several years of a Boston uh, women-only uh, BDSM group, wow. and it, I, had, I had close friends who were active in it, and, and it was very educational, and uh, I, I got a lot out of it, even though a lot of it wasn't really my thing, but I, I got so I, I, you know, I could get the mindset. I, I, I can write it. I can understand it. I know mm -hmm. people for whom it's, you know, a very serious yes, thing. Right, and I, right. you know, huh. yeah. But the popularity now, it, it's partly looking for new experiences and and uh, more intensity, or some some things are just more intense because they're new. Yeah. When um, Kathleen Warnock was on the show a couple months ago, uh, uh, we discussed somewhat of the same thing and she said that um, she thought that um, the world of erotica w had moved beyond BDSM and n now the real edgy kind of stuff is um, associated with gender, particularly transgender and genderqueer sort of things. Well, there is more of that f being published just because it, it can be mm -hmm. and it's a good thing and there are more people there are more people, uh, you know, coming out and identifying in that way. And in fact, I'm a little sad in some ways. I mean, I, I pr totally approve of people, you know, being who they should be. But I've had many friends who I knew first as she, who are now he, and we're mm -hmm. still friends. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I kind of miss, you know, it's like butch lesbians are an endangered species. <laughs> <laughs> It's not really true, but uh, I know what, what you I, mean. I, I yeah. do. I, I really do. Uh, and yeah. I'm of the age, and I've written about this, and actually have taken a, some hits because of the stuff that I have written. Um, in terms of the word queer, for example, I mean, I, I'm of the age that you know, queer meant um, gay or homo or you know that kind of thing. And I, it, it, you know, I was queer all of my life, and you know the early part of my life it was a hurtful terrible thing and then I desensitized that and now I can own it and um, you know uh, when I use queer it's not nearly what um, is in mind when other people do so well you know that one things. varies all over the map too I mean gender queer means what whoever says it means yes, and that's yes, you know that's that's enough. kind of it yeah um, and that's okay uh, it's uh, 
it's it's good to recognize that that we were talking about a spectrum and not a binary. Right. And you uh, know, but, I, but I, you can't but you can't trust that what one when one person says it, they mean the same thing that somebody else does. Right. And and each new generation wants to have their own. Right. language and definitions. Right. And sometimes, you know, it's so dogmatic and so emphatic and so, you know, uh, and if you don't agree with me, then you're persecuting me, and oh, yes. which I find a, a really difficult. And But at the same time, I'm really delighted that, you know, language changes and, you know, a, and that I've lived long enough to see, you know, um, uh, this... Uh, transition uh, in this word from, you know, something that was hurtful and hateful to something that is, you know, celebratory. Mm -hmm. And as the world is changing so that it's possible for more normalization of uh, LGBTQI, I think there are a few others too, quilt quilt bag, somebody (laughs) calls it, Uh, identities are, are, are more able to be normalized. There's, there's still a feeling of of uh, not wanting to be too normalized and, right. and to, to right. still maintain right. yeah. uh, a, a an identity that is not pinned down. Right. Yeah. Because there is um, there is a price to be paid for um, normalization and um, being yeah. co-opted by the um, broader society. So. Anyhow, so uh, do you think um, reading and writing a Erotica um, can enrich um, a, a person's sexual and sensual life. Uh, certainly, and I say it works both ways. Life also enriches uh, writing if you're oh, a writer. Good, good, you're good. Writing <laughs> <laughs> erotica does enhance the fantasies you can indulge in during sex, at the least. Maybe yeah. too much, come to think of it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it can certainly en- enrich uh, people's sexual lives. Because Especially I, if they buy my books. <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> because I I, I um, see clients in my private practice all the time, particularly couples who have sort of bottomed out on um, their eroticism and you know their uh, their sexual behaviors and and um, sex life as kind of you know, flatlined, and I said, you know, you need a spark. You need something, you know, to help you, you know, get in the mood again. And I often tell them to go get some erotica and read it aloud to one another. Mm-hmm. And it really helps, um, you know, in the arousal phase of, of people's sex lives. It's uh, So I, I think it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, as an author, you must write other stuff besides the stuff that might commonly be thought of as erotic. Um, what makes your erotica different from your other work besides the obvious? Well, it's mostly the obvious. Actually. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I said, I started out in science fiction and fantasy, and sometimes there was erotic content in that, but not as explicit as I can get away with in, in erotica. Hmm. Uh, I, I still do do you know write some of the spec fix stuff usually from a, a, a lesbian point of view and I in fact have uh, edited or co-edited a couple of anthologies for Leafy Press. One was uh, Time Well Bent: Queer Alternate Histories, oh, which was cool. it, which was wonder, wonderful, to, wonderful <laughs> writers, wonderful to do. You know, it it, 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 it still sells some, right. and and you know somebody should have done it before because think of changes in history that could have happened if right. things had happened a little different. Right. And I particularly like to write historical stuff, in fact, because 
you, you still have the, com the complications of uh, being uh, gender variant right. that are, are dying out a little bit now, and right. uh, it helps your ability to story, even though it's nicer for people not to have to have it that way. Right. Uh, yeah. So are there topics that you gravitate toward in your erotica, topics that you avoid? Uh, I probably do gravitate towards some. I like, to, I like to do a lot of variety, too. In fact, uh, uh, some people who read my stuff have been shocked at things I wrote if they had originally liked my work of, that, of a more romantic nature. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they say, wait a minute, did you write that, too? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> so many naughty words in it. Well, not just that, but, you know, right. uh, really edgy stuff. Right. Right. Um, I don't avoid much. I like to think, and I used, you know, used to think write, in writing science fiction, I like to think that I can put myself into the mindset of almost anyone. I had one failure. I wanted, for, for that alternate history thing, I wanted to write about Lenny Riefenstahl, who oh, uh, wow. was Hitler's movie right. maker, right. but right. also had a fixation on, on making movies where she played a gypsy, you know, and, oh, and actually, my. you know, yeah. learn gypsy dancing from the gypsies. I'm thinking, but the gypsies were sent to the concentration camps. You know? <laughs> right. Wouldn't this be interesting? And I read her autobiographies and other biographies, and I decided I just, I, I could not be her. I right. could not write about her. Right. So interesting. I didn't. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. So a few um, moments left. Uh, two questions. Who inspires you, and who are your sexual heroes, if you have any? Uh, inspirations. Well, um, there's so many it's hard to tell. I mean, I used to love Sherlock Holmes. I still do. You know, I don't, I don't write that. But as far as sexual heroes go, they're mostly writers. You know, Tristan Taormino, yeah. um, some who, who actually have stopped writing the erotica, but who uh, were, were wonderful. Uh, Tony Amato is one of those. Uh, There are, just, there are too many to single them out, really. Okay. Alrighty then. And there's more coming along all the time. Right. And that's that's uh, that must be gratifying and uh, and a happy thing to know that you know uh, uh, new people are popping up all over the place. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I think and that's. I love, I love to have to see new writers. Right. 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 Huh, interesting. Good, good, good. Well, I, I, I'm so glad that uh, we've had this extra half hour um, beyond last week's show. Um, it's, it's been wonderful getting to know you, um, and I'm glad that you've been able to share yourself with our audience. Um, before we go, would you give us your website address again? Tell us where we can buy your books. Okay, it's um, sachi-green.blogspot.com. And all my books are on Amazon, and many are on Smashwords and all romance ebooks, and uh, pretty much, pretty much anywhere that sells books. <laughs> Barnes and Noble, Barnes uh -huh, and Noble. Right. Although they don't, they don't tend to have all of them at once. Right, you know, they right, don't have whatever's right. newest, that sort of yeah, thing. Right. Well, very good. Thank you again uh, for being so generous with your precious time. We are all the richer for the experience. Um, any new stuff coming up? Uh, yeah, I've already turned in uh, uh, an anthology to Cleus called Me and My Boy, which is about essentially butch identity. I wanted to have the word butch in it, and their young staff says you don't say that anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> That breaks story. my heart. Great stories. <laughs> and and um, I have another one that I'm just... I, oh, my deadline is, is like Tuesday now, but I've taken submissions for 
uh, a, a fairy tale one. I for years I wanted to let me do a, a, a fantasy one, and since Christina writes uh, fantasy ones are done so well, they're letting me do it now. So this is called The Princess's Bride, lesbian fairy tale erotica. Oh, how grand! And this is a lot of fun. Well, well maybe we'll have you on the show again. thank you again I appreciate your time Um, be well and be happy and be productive thanks Sachi yes and thanks for all you do too with your your counseling and uh, getting all this word out to the people who like it and need it thanks kiddo okay thanks a lot okay Bye. bye great show well that's it for today sex fans we're going to take a little break from podcasting over the next couple of weeks. Um, but when we return, there will be more Sex Advice with an Edge with your host, me, Dr. Dick. Again, this week's podcast sponsor is Dr. Dick's How-To Video Library. Listen up, buckaroos. Thanks to this amazing technology, you'll be able to watch your choice of smut from the comfort of your own home. With just a little prompting from you, they're going to come gushing out of your computer like nobody's business. Check it out. You'll find a link to this fabulous sex resource right there on the front page of drdicksexadvice.com. Look for the tab that reads Video on Demand. There is no membership fee, this is a pay-per-minute sort of deal, and your pay-for-view minutes allow you to watch whatever content you want for whatever length of time you choose. Pretty gall darn sweet, huh? (laughs) And remember, a portion of the money you spend at Dr. Dick's How-To Video Library, educating, enriching, and entertaining yourself, comes back to us as support for these shows. So knock yourself out. Until next time, remember, sex is good, and good sex... Why, that's even better. Over and out.